0: Maybe someone is listening to this right now because they find themselves in the midst of nursing school just like you were. Or maybe they're in some kind of, any kind of school and they're struggling and it feels really hard. And it's such a good reminder that at least I believe we can have anything we want in this life if we are willing to keep trying to get it. If we learn from our mistakes, if we continue to grow, and if we continue to show up, I think people are constantly looking for the quick fix or the answer or some kind of hack to get ahead, but really it's about consistency. It's about trying again until you get the result that you're looking for. So thank you for that reminder. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. Hi, guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of Ask Rach, the series where people call in from all over the world and ask me questions about anything and everything. Today, we are specifically focusing on mindset. That was the ask that I put out. I said, Hey, if anybody out there wants to call into Hotline with a specific question on mindset, I am your girl. You're going to call 737 400 2 six that was this month's theme. and next month's theme that I would love to have y'all call in and ask questions about is a health journey. So many listeners are on some kind of health journey, whether that is changing their nutrition, maybe they're doing therapy for the first time, maybe they signed up for their first half marathon, but they're doing something to challenge themselves. And along a road that we've never walked before, all kinds of things pop up. We have questions, we're not sure what to do when we have setbacks, whatever you are curious about inside of your health journey, I would love it if you'd call into the hotline and ask your question. 737-400-4626. It's just like an old school answering machine. You can leave your name or you can do it anonymously, but hopefully we can turn your question into an upcoming episode of the show. That being said, let's dig into the questions that I find today. Hi, Rachel. My name is Pammy, and I've
1: been listening to your podcast for probably three years now. I would like to ask a mindset question about a very big change coming up in my life. I'll be having a baby in December, and I seem to have like boosted anxiety. Um, over all sorts of things around that, like how it's going to change the, my family dynamic and you know everything that comes with having a new baby. So yeah, if you would pick my question, I'd be happy to listen. I listen to you every single week and I'd love to hear your answer.
0: Thanks. Bye. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for the vulnerability because mothers have so many questions, so many anxieties, so many things we're afraid to say. And we worry that if we admit that any of those thoughts are swirling around in our head, that it makes us a bad mom or that people will think we're incompetent or maybe somehow the problems will get worse. And the first piece of advice I want to offer you is to let go of the fear that you have not around what's giving you anxiety because it's very normal to feel fear about the unknown of bringing another human into the world. So I'm not going to ask you to wave a magic wand and get rid of that fear. What I am going to ask you to work on is letting go of the fear you have surrounding speaking your truth. I am assuming because you asked to remain anonymous, which is totally fine and normal, but you specifically said, just in case anyone I know is listening to this, which tells me that you have some fear around potentially being judged for the way that you're feeling. And one of the greatest things that any of us can do ever on any subject, but especially when it comes to motherhood, is to just say the things we're afraid of, to talk to someone that we trust, to talk to someone that we know will not judge us, that would most likely be another mom that you know, and maybe not another like, you know those moms like your cousin or your sister-in-law or whatever, and they're like the world's greatest mom and they're super perfect and buttoned up and they always look amazing and their hair's never out of place. Maybe not her. Maybe you want to talk to a mom that you know that's like just a little bit messy. You want to talk to the mom that if you are at the park and her toddler drops something in the sandbox, that she just picks it up, blows on it, and gives it back to the baby and keeps on trucking. You want to talk to the mom that's not taking herself too seriously. Maybe she's wearing like a vintage band tee to school drop off when the other moms are in like Lululemon matching sets. Like look for the mom that's a little messy, but like good messy. Do you know what I mean? Because you're going to tell your friend, hey, I'm having anxiety around this. And she's going to be like, oh my gosh, when I was pregnant with River Rainbow Moonbeam, I wanted a vodka martini every day for 10 months because I thought that it would calm down my anxiety. And of course, I didn't have it because I didn't want to hurt the baby. But you better believe that the first time I breastfed, I had a glass of champagne because, you know, like you want that mom. You just want the one who's going to hold space for what you're feeling and who's going to validate how normal it is to feel the way that you do. So for today's purposes, allow me to be your messy mom friend and tell you that I get it. I think it would be abnormal if you weren't worried a bit about the things that you're feeling. But the more you keep those inside of you, the more your mind is going to play tricks on you. Your anxiety is going to tell you lies. It's going to fester and grow and get bigger. And it's just not going to serve you in any way. I have a friend who is pregnant for not the first time, but this is the longest she's ever carried a baby after losing many babies, which is horrible. And we're all so excited, and she has had some things show up inside of her pregnancy that Are scary. And one in particular was that she started to bleed. And you can imagine if you've experienced loss before and you start to bleed, how petrifying that would be. So when I heard that this had happened, she didn't tell me. I heard from a friend of a friend. And I sent her a voice memo. And I was like, hi, I'm sorry if this is TMI. But when I was, you know, three and a half months pregnant with my son, I started bleeding and I thought I was losing him and it was so terrifying. And I, I told her the whole saga and I was like, he's going to be 15 this summer and he's annoying the crap out of me right now because he won't clean his room. And you know what? It's going to be the same thing with you. Everything is going to be okay. Okay. And we're going to be talking in the future, and you're going to be like, this kid's annoying the crap out of me because they're doing this, this, and this. But it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. I've been where you are. I can't know exactly what it feels like to be you, but I know what it felt like to be me in that situation. I know the fear. I know the worry. It's all going to be okay. And I got a note back from her later and she was like, oh my God, I can't tell you how much I needed to hear that because she just needed to hear that someone else had experienced it because look, you can Google it, right? Whatever you're afraid of, we can Google, but Google doesn't always tell you exactly the positive answer, right? You'll be like, oh, I'm having anxiety because I have pain in my left arm and Google will be like, well, you're dying. You're already dead. Are we talking to your ghost? When we research stuff, it can get way worse. But if you talk to a good friend who can hold space for you the way you need it, then they're going to calm you down. They're going to reassure you. They're going to normalize what you are feeling. So that would be some of my first stuff. Let go of the fear about speaking your truth. Find at least one messy mom friend who will just keep it real with you. And the third thing I would say is to. I know this is easier said than done, but you've got to focus on what are the parts of this you can control. You can't control what the next few months hold. You can't control labor and delivery. You can't control exactly how things will shift and change when this baby comes into the world. You can make yourself feel crazy trying to control those things. So instead, Let's just focus on the parts of this that you can control and that you enjoy. You know, maybe you enjoy going on walks and maybe you enjoy – I used to love taking really long showers and like just rubbing my belly and I enjoyed kicking my feet up and resting when I could. I enjoyed going to prenatal yoga with my other friends who were pregnant. I enjoyed going to lunch going to get coffee with my other friends who were in a similar place that I was, I found pieces of it that I really enjoyed to be able to focus on the good parts of it. Esther Hicks has this expression that I love, which is so simple but also really good. She says, choose a better feeling thought. When you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, when you find yourself having anxiety creep up, Choose a better feeling thought. The way you feel is 100% based on what you are thinking, period. So if you can change the thought, you can change the feeling. I hope that's helpful. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. TravelTexas.com slash get your own.
2: Hey, Rachel, this is in regards to episode 419. Um, me and my husband went to go see your show in L.A., I believe it was last week. So I am the wife of Mitchell. He just wanted to say that he loves your podcast and we both do. He started listening to you this year. I've been listening to you since for a few years now. Um, I'm a diehard fan, and yeah, we just wanted to say thank you, we had so much fun at the show, Um, and then in regards to mindset, I do agree with what you were saying on the episode um, on how how we raise our kids, given that we have the three girls, our girls are still little, so seven, three, and two, but especially for the seven-year-old, you know, the mindset not to give up, keep doing it, I started nursing school at 20, I finished at, you know, about 21, 22, and it took me three times to finish nursing school, and if I had the mindset of, hey, you know, we're just going to give up on this thing, this isn't for me, you know, if they told me the first time, hey, you can't do it, second time they told me, hey, you know, you're one extra student in the class, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to do this class again, blah, 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 before you get in the nursing program, so if I gave in, if I gave into that mindset of, hey, I can just listen to what other people say. Maybe this isn't for me. But no, third time's the charm. At least it was for me. And if it was the 10th time, I would have did it too. But just to not give up. And then um, about how you were saying about like money, how it's pretty much endless. And I I agree with that. And yeah, so uh, we just want to say thank you so much and hope to hear from you soon.
0: Okay, Crystal. Thank you so much. I don't know if I've ever had anyone call into the hotline just to sort of say thank you. So (laughs) that was so sweet. I feel like it's like old school, like prayer request, praise report. That was your little praise report. And I love the reminder. I have to believe that maybe someone is listening to this right now because they find themselves in the midst of nursing school, just like you were, or maybe they're in some kind of any kind of school and they're struggling and it feels really hard. And it's such a good reminder that at least I believe we can have anything we want in this life if we are willing to keep trying to get it. If we learn from our mistakes, if we continue to grow, and if we continue to show up, I think People are constantly looking for the quick fix or the answer or some kind of hack to get ahead. But really, it's about consistency. It's about trying again until you get the result that you're looking for. So thank you for that reminder. And I love that this voicemail came in about Mitchell because for those of you who are in the LA show, you remember Mitchell was in the front row with his wife, bless his heart. And basically, if you are in the front row and you are a dude, I'm going to utilize you to make like 1,000 jokes. And he was such a good sport and he played along. And God bless him because during the tour, I talk about a lot of things that are very female focused. I think on that particular night, I was testing out material that was almost exclusively about getting your period bleeding through a pad when you're in eighth grade and it gets on your clothes. And like, you know, the first time I got cramps and I thought my pubic hair was stuck in the pad glue, but really it was just that I had cramps, but I didn't know you could get cramps there. I mean, imagine being a dude and having to listen to that kind of talk. And Mitchell laughed with all of us in the room. And I'm using this as an example because you probably have heard me say a few times That you should not bring your husband to this summer's podcast tour if he's not a dude like Mitchell. Because in every crowd, there's always one or two women. I'm guessing they didn't want to come by themselves. So they invited their husband, and their husband is so pissed. Like he is not interested in what is happening. His arms are crossed. He's probably embarrassed because he forgot that women had periods and he doesn't want to be reminded that you know, the coochie comes with some side effects that we have to deal with. So you should at least hold space for them, Chad. If you're not sure if your husband will laugh at those kind of jokes like Mitchell did, just don't bring him. I promise you, you will have so much more fun if you just come hang out with us. Even if you roll by yourself, you fly solo to the tour, I promise. It'll be way funner than if you bring your husband and he's super pissed that he's in the room. So thank you, Crystal, for the report. And thank you for bringing a really good dude to hang out with us on tour. I hope anyone else listening to this maybe got some excitement hearing Crystal talk about it and you will come and join us on tour. You can tap the link in the show notes to find out where I'm coming next. Okay. Okay. Now let's see what other questions we have today.
1: Hi, my name is Amy. I'm calling about the podcast that you recently talked about, um, Mindset. And I really wanted to ask how you would suggest maintaining a growth mindset um, and or healthy boundaries with toxic family members. I am used to toxic family members. I've actually gone no contact with two of my immediate family members, um, but I recently got married and my in-laws are very toxic and very hurtful. And the things they say not only to my husband, but to me are just uncalled for, but it's so hard finding the boundaries because it's not my immediate family. So just looking for some suggestions Uh, on still being supportive to my husband and obviously wanting to be respectful and not stoop to their level, but at the same time, preserving myself.
0: So thanks. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. And I feel like it's one that pops up in the questions on Hotline over and over and over again. I know there are many of you who have incredible in-laws, and then there are lots of us who come into family structures that are broken, and maybe you don't even realize quite how broken they are until you're fully inside of them. So let's just start with a conversation about what a boundary actually is. This took me a really long time to learn. When I was younger, I thought a boundary was you saying, this is what you can and can't do, right? This is what I need. This is what I will not allow. This is what this looks like. And that felt pretty overwhelming to me because I would think about, I mean, let's be real. The people that you want to ask for a boundary with are not the people who even understand what a boundary is or why it should be there. So. If I'm about to tell this person who's toxic, like, here's what I need, you think they're gonna listen? You think they're gonna be respectful? You think that your monster in law is going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I was traumatizing you. No, because someone who is healthy and understands boundaries probably wouldn't be pushing past yours to begin with. What a boundary actually is, is you upholding a truth like I will not continue to talk on the phone with you if you are going to raise your voice or I will not be able to bring my children to your house if you are going to say things that are ignorant or bigoted or I will not be able to communicate with you if you keep bringing up my ex-boyfriend. So the first step is you knowing what are the areas with this person where they really push past what you feel like is appropriate. That's number one. Number two, what are some solutions you could put into place that would alleviate that particular tension? A great example is a conversation I had recently with my dad. And just so you know, I had to have this conversation probably five times before he really got it. I would say about four years ago was when, I, you know, I had this little blog and I was doing this thing and I was writing books and a few people knew my name but not very many. And then as my career got bigger and bigger and the platform got bigger and bigger, inevitably then stuff started to pop up on the internet for people who would write nasty things or make dumb videos or just like be mean. There's just meanies on the internet. It is real. If you have any kind of platform, people love to try and tear you down. So in any given moment, you don't have to try very hard to find people talking crap about basically everyone on the internet. And when it first started to happen, it was such an anomaly that my family would come to me and they'd be like, oh my gosh, did you see what blogger heart 1472 said about you. And I would be like, what? No. And they'd be like, well, she said that your thighs were big and that your rosacea is disgusting and that you're a terrible writer. And my family, they'd be like super fired up about whatever they had seen. And they were coming to me from this place of like, I'm using air quotes. I'm gonna say like wanting to protect me. But unfortunately, that is not the family structure that I grew up with. I grew up in a family where, even though I was the youngest of four, I operated a lot of times as the oldest. I took care of stuff. I handled things I shouldn't have had to handle. I was given responsibility way too young. I was neglected. It was like a whole thing. I'm not going to get into the full therapy. You could read one of my books. The point is, whenever a family member would reach out and say something like this, it used to happen all the time. I would have a massive anxiety attack, like debilitating, like I can't move. It's so terrible. I don't know what to do. And I understand in retrospect, like none of us had ever dealt with any, I certainly hadn't dealt with anything like that. They hadn't dealt with anything like that, but I was getting it from everywhere. I would get it like from my family members. I would get it constantly from my ex-husband. He'd be like, this person's talking about you and this person's talking about you. And It always felt to me like they were coming to me and going, you need to fix this for me, which was the the emotional structure that we had in our family. So it would be like, Rachel, your job is to fix that. I'm upset for my mom, for my dad, like you need we're upset and you need to fix it. But now what they were upset about was people talking shit about me. So not only do I need to fix the fact that I have somehow upset a stranger on the internet, I need to fix the fact that what that stranger said is also upsetting my parents. And in both of those situations, everyone's looking at me going, this is your fault. That's what it felt like to me. Some part of me, some little baby version of Rach, would freak out because she was, quote unquote, in trouble. And internet rumors and internet trolls, it's like it's like trying to capture fog in your hands. Like You can't possibly gather it all up and ensure that you can collect it all and it won't come back. And so at first, I would just take it. I would be like, oh my gosh. And I would try and figure it out. And I would, okay, I'm going to do better next time. And I won't talk about putting nuts in chocolate chip cookies so that I don't piss off certain people on the internet. And like, it was literally stuff that that was that stupid. And then over the years, it got worse. And I would be like, hey, guys, can you just don't tell me if you see something negative about me on the internet? And then the family would reach out out of the blue when we hadn't talked in months, and they would be like, how are you? Are you okay? Is everything okay? And basically they would passive-aggressively be like, I'm just seeing things, I wanna check. So it was the same as before, only now they're not giving me specifics. Then I had to be more like, guys, I do not want to know. This is happening all the time. I am aware of it. It is the cost of admission for me doing the job that I do. I don't know how to fix the fact that the internet's making up a rumor that I'm having a massive affair with some random douche lord. Like, I don't know how to fix that. Please stop telling me. So I got it down to like, nobody sends me texts like that anymore. I made it really clear. But the one person in my life, who still sends me notes is my dad. And my dad gets very fired up, as you would, if you're like a crazy old man and you see someone talking crap about your kid. But to be honest, I'm not super close with my dad. I don't talk to him that often. And those conversations that we do have, I'm really trying to be conscious of how to have them be a good one. So it was happening that literally every time I'd reach out to my dad, be like, hey, daddy, how are you? I hope everything's well. Immediately, he would launch into something he had seen about me on the internet. And I kept trying to reassure him because he's like, well, I'm just worried about you. And I'm like, oh, okay. well, my podcast gets six million downloads a month. Like, I'm killing it, dad. The kids are great. We're so protected financially. I've made really smart business decisions. I promise you, we're good. Cause I'm thinking, that's gotta be why you're worried. You're worried that people are talking crap, cause somehow that's gonna affect my business. So I kept trying to reassure him that everything was okay because, you know, hey, I, my business is great and that. And he kept doing it, kept doing it. And I finally realized oh, he's not doing this because he's worried about me. He's doing this because it affects his ego. He doesn't like when people talk crap about me on the internet because somehow that is a reflection of him. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Because no matter how many times I asked him to please stop coming to me with the things that he was finding online. He kept doing it. And I tried to come at it from every angle. I tried to, I said, please, I explained that I was safe, that I was fine, that I was financially secure, that all the things were good. Like, daddy, please stop doing this. And he wouldn't. And he would be so upset. And I was like, oh, this is your ego. It has nothing to do with me. And you're coming at me with anger disguised as concern, wanting me to fix this, which makes me 40-year-old Rachel revert back to being a little girl. And daddy's upset, which was all any of us live for was making sure dad didn't get upset. And now he's upset by me just living my life like I can't control. It was crazy. And it would it would just destroy me. Like he would call me on vacations. And if my dad's calling, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And I'd be like, oh daddy. I'm like, literally there was one time I was on a vacation. I was down in Mexico and I'm like, dad, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you called me. I'm like sitting on this beautiful patio looking. I was at, I was down in uh, Cabo and it was like January, February of last year. And, uh, there was a whale, Like jumping out of the water, you know, because they were migrating. It was like so beautiful. I was so, it was like the most blessed moment. I'm like having champagne on this patio. I'm like, Dad, there's like a whale. It's jumping out of the water. And he's like, Okay, but let me tell you about what I just saw on the internet. And I was like, He would do that, all of that to say, I tried every which way. And then finally, I was like, Okay, I'm going to have to write this out because I'm not very good at verbally communicating with my dad. I'm sure some of you might understand. Maybe you have a mama or a daddy. The throat chakra closes up and you lose your ability to speak. And uh, so I wrote it all out and I said, I want you to think of this like armor. I want you to think of the things I do every day working out and yoga and prayer and meditation and long distance running, all of these things that I do are me making myself strong enough to be able to do this work, to be able to be a good mom, to be able to live my life with intentionality and hopefully be a strong leader and and do the things that I'm doing. Daddy, this is my armor. And whenever you reach out and you tell me Something negative that's happening, or some mean thing that somebody wrote about, or something that someone said, you're breaching the armor. And not only are you breaching the armor, but like it's like I'm being attacked from inside the walls of my own castle. Like I built up these castle walls. You're inside the walls with me. You're one of very few people that can call me on the phone and from inside the castle you're breaching my armor. You're making me weaker. Remember that old scary movie or whatever where it's like, the call's coming from inside the house. Like, that's what you're doing. Like, dad, whatever people are saying, I do not want to know. I don't want you to tell me that you're concerned. I don't want you to tell me that you're sad. I've asked a thousand times for you to stop consuming the content. If you want to consume the content, you do that. But if you want to interact with me, you must stop bringing this up. And I was pretty scared. I was pretty like sick to my stomach because I was like, you know, he could very easily get a temper and go in the wrong direction. But the thing I think that really appealed to him or that he understood was the idea of having, you know, a fortress and trying to make yourself strong and not wanting to be made weak. And he was like, okay, I got it. It'll never happen again. I didn't ask him to change. And you can't ask your in-laws to change. People don't change because we ask them to. They change because they want to. They change because they go on some kind of personal evolution that it doesn't sound to me like maybe your in-laws are part of right now. So what I would do in your case is I would have more conversations with my partner about what kind of relationship we as a family are going to have with these people. Like, hey, babe, like these are our values. It doesn't matter if you're related to them. Like, we can't be interacting with people who have these values, who are doing these things, who are saying these things, who are purposely trying to hurt us. That That's not who we are. And maybe that means that you need to take a break from interacting with his parents. Maybe that means that you're like, okay, if you, I get it, these are your parents and you want to interact with them, but I am I'm choosing not to have a relationship. Or you can have the kind of conversation that I had and say, hey, these are the things that are upsetting. And if you want to interact with me, these are not allowed in my conversation. Now, you said the word toxic. You didn't say mean. You didn't say, you said toxic. So I'm going to guess that perhaps they won't respond very well to that. But the key to Actually, succeeding with boundaries is that you have to hold them in place. And in something like this, you have to get to a place where you are okay with someone being mad at you. You're okay with someone talking shit. You're okay with, you know, his mom telling her sister that you're the worst thing ever. Like, okay, that's fine because I'm over here living my life, my peaceful existence. I'm doing this thing and. I don't want people in my sphere who are going to bring that kind of toxicity. And I don't know if you have children, but if you decide to have children and now you have her grandchildren, that's like a whole other thing. So you want to get a handle on these kind of conversations before you bring kids into the situation. I have told you guys a million times my truth i know this isn't everyone's truth but my truth is i don't care if someone is blood i don't care who the family member is if someone's a jerk if someone's mean if someone has an ugly heart if someone's toxic if someone's hateful malicious like i don't care i will not do life with that person i i really don't care be mindful of where this is in the spectrum. Like, is this something that can maybe be fixed if they just stop doing a handful of things? Fantastic. Then it's time to have some hard conversations about boundaries. I always reference that quote from Tim Ferriss where he says something like, the quality of your life is often directly proportional to your willingness to have hard conversations. So maybe the hard conversations with your husband, maybe the hard conversations with your in-laws, maybe it's just you taking a step back and being like, okay, well, you go to the family functions. I'm not going to go. But what we often forget inside of relationships is who we are as individuals. I, in the past, have put up with so much inappropriate behavior from in-laws Because I thought that I was required to. And I look back now and I understand that I was going into someone else's family structure coming from my own broken family. So when people acted inappropriate, I just went with it. And it took me growing up and getting divorced to get to a place where I look back and I was like, oh, that was so not okay. That was so not okay. It's like we forget that we also need to take care of ourselves as individuals. And it doesn't mean you need to be mean. You don't need to get in drama. You don't need to start fights. You just be like, oh, no. Yeah, you go ahead and go to the family barbecue. I'm going to stay here and read a vampire novel, or I'm going to get some work done, or I'm going to work on my side project, or I'm going to go see my family, or I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Baby, I love you. But It's kind of funny, like, it's funny that we are expected to show up with our partner in toxic environments that they don't want to be in, but are in because they feel guilty if they don't go. So nothing about the experience is driven from a place of goodness or love. It's all like he feels guilty because they're his mom and dad. So even though they're jerks, he's going to go, and he wants you to go to support him. It's almost like you're enabling him to continue to make unhealthy choices. And mom and daddy will have no reason to change their behavior in any way because they have no consequences. Right now, they get to act how they act, and they still get to see you guys. So if you want to prove to them how serious you are, hold your boundaries in place. I hope that was helpful. And I hope if anyone else is listening to this and you have a question about boundaries, health, mindset, I mean, literally anything at all, give me a call. Call the hotline, 737-400-4626. Remember, this time around, I'm looking for questions about your health journey, but you can literally ask questions about anything. If you are still here and you enjoyed Ask Raich, just remember, I'm coming to a city near you. Please check out the show notes. Please go to RachelHollis.com where you can find out every city that I'm coming to and you can come laugh your butt off with me just like I did with Mitchell and Crystal. You can have a live Q&A. Audience members are going to submit questions in advance. I'm going to work with individuals during the show. It's going to be so much fun and you should totally come. But don't bring your husband unless he's cool. Okay, guys, I'll be back soon with more information. Remember, always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.